This is How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast. Where we teach you the skills you need to go from your living room to the main event. Hey guys, welcome back to How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast. I'm Coach John, and I'm sitting here as always with Aaron. Aaron, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good, John. Excited to be in here. We got a pretty good topic uh, today. Um, so yeah, just excited to get going. Absolutely. I think you put this well to me as we discussed like show notes and stuff that um, one of the biggest issues, one of the reasons we started this company in the first place was that it's hard to get really quality training for a pro wrestler. And I think that the flip side, the other biggest issue that a lot of pro wrestlers have is they just don't understand how and where they can make money. So especially on the independent circuit. So today, the episode today, we're going to talk about why you're not making money in pro wrestling and why it's your fault. Okay. So I really want to talk about that today, guys. I think you're going to hear some important stuff today. So let's get right into it. Um, Really, as I've found over the past, you know, 15 years or so, it's almost taboo to talk about money in pro wrestling, especially amongst the boys. It's also tough for a lot of guys to bring it up to promoters and whatnot. But, um, you know, I've seen like the best of friends turn enemies, you know, just because they found out that a promoter paid one of them an extra $10, like something like that. The truth is, you know, what you're paid by the promoter is highly irrelevant, especially on the independent circuit, guys. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that you let the promoter off the hook. It just means that you should be making more money in other places and primarily, and this is really what I'm going to talk about today, the merchandise table. Okay, that is, you hear that a lot. I know, you know, sell merch, sell merch. A lot of people tell you that it is really, really highly important and I just want to talk to you guys about that today. So I can't believe how petty pro wrestlers can be over an insignificant amount of money and that is really a point that I want to make to you guys today. Um, I also can't believe how happy a pro wrestler will act when they're paid you know, next to nothing for putting their bodies through absolute hell. And that, that's a lot of times, I know we love pro wrestling, guys. If you, if you haven't started yet, if you're just getting started on your journey, or if you, you're already a, a pro wrestler, if you're a seasoned veteran, like we love it. We love what we do. We know how painful it can be to the bodies. If you're brand new, you're gonna find out real quick. And I understand that we love that. And I, I just can't believe it when a pro wrestler gets handed even I don't know, an extra $10, extra $20, and they're like so happy based on that. And yes, you should be grateful for anything that you get for doing what you love, but it's not enough. You can't just call it a day at that. So today we're going to discuss the reasons why your mentality towards how money is made in pro wrestling is wrong, and it's time to switch the perspective and start earning more. Yeah. All right. So before we get started today, guys, I want you to head on over to Facebook. All you got to do is type in at How to Become a Pro Wrestler. Find our private Facebook group. Click join, answer a couple questions, and drop your email, and you will be in where we have all kinds of cool conversations. You can talk to me and Aaron and all the other people in that group. So I'd love to hear from you about any of these episodes or anything you'd like for us to talk about in the future. All right. So let's get right into it. First off, indie wrestlers are underpaid. It's a fact. For what we do, we are drastically underpaid, driving hundreds of miles, spending time away from home. The, the general wear and tear on your body from your elbows, your knees, your shoulders, your back, your neck, the mental exhaustion from being gone away from the family, it t- takes a toll over, over time, or being gone away from even if without a family from your home that you're comfortable in, or just driving nonstop. 
all the things that it takes. The time that's put into the ring bell to bell is one part of it. Think about all the time you spend pre-match going over things, going over your match, going over it with your opponent, writing it out if that's something that you do, all those different things that you do, guys. So it's really a lot more than just the bell to bell. The bell to bell is the fun part, okay? So it's really a whole lot more than just that. So with all that in mind, do you really think that even $100 is enough compensation for what a pro wrestler goes through? And I'm telling you right now, there's not a lot of guys around me specifically that are making even $100. Mm -hmm. So that might be frightening um, if you didn't know that or if you're just getting started. Yeah. But I'm talking about just what you are paid, you know, with a check, and it's, it's maybe not a check, in cash and check and Venmo and whatever the pro wrestling promoter pays you in. A lot of times, a lot of guys aren't even making $100. So think about that if you're thinking about quitting a job or something to become a pro wrestler. It might be rough at first. So, you know... How are you going to pay your next your rent, your mortgage, your insurance, your car payment, pay for food, pay for gas? How are you going to pay any of that with something like that, a measly amount like that? And, and I told you, I'm shooting high saying $100 for, for depending on where you're at in the country. So why are we okay with this? The goal is to make a living doing what you love, right? Yes. yes. So looking at the scenario I just put in front of you, I'd say wrestling is costing you, you know, three times what it's paying you financially. All right? Yes, it's taking care of you. Yes, we love wrestling. We're expressing ourselves in the ring. We're scratching that itch that only wrestling can scratch. I, I've been there, guys. If you know, you know. But it catches up to you real quick. I've seen the guys that love wrestling the most. When they start juggling you know, real life with wrestling life, eventually, while juggling, one or both of those hit the floor. So I don't want you to hit that point to where you end up hating wrestling, falling out of love with something that you did love and putting stress on your real life with your family or, or just yourself or school or your day job or whatever you may have. So, you know, um, unfortunately, we've somehow convinced ourselves that the only way to get enough money to consider pro wrestling a job is to get more money from the person in charge of the show, right? So you think, this is my job, that's my boss, he's got to pay me what I need to live and... I'm telling you right now, guys, real talk, no one with that mindset is making a living on the indie scene. Mm -hmm. The only people making a living as a pro wrestler based on just what the boss pays them are the people that are assigned to major contracts or they're working for really major time TV promotions. Okay, So I'm here to talk to you about how you can make money on the independent scene, on the, the local level. Okay, So we're going to talk a little bit more about that, but first... I want you to head back over to Facebook and Instagram. Again, all you got to do is type in at How to Become a Pro Wrestler. Give us a like. That's all I'm asking for. Click like on our pages, Facebook and Instagram. We post all kinds of cool stuff on there, videos, tips, clues, all kinds of stuff. Also updates on when the new podcasts are dropping and what the topics may be. So head on over and give us a like. That's all I'm asking. All right. So with all that stuff I just talked about in mind, if I'm telling you that the promoter, the owner, the boss, whatever you want to call it, the booker in charge of the promotion is not where you should be expecting your big chunk of money to come from. Where should the money come from? So making more money doesn't just come from cash surplus, okay? It also comes from saving more, all right? So you got to look at it that way. You want more money, right? So one way to make even $100 feel like more than $100 is if you stop spending $150 on the way to the show, 
right? So save more money, first off, to make that money stretch a little bit longer. Control your expenses. Write things down. How much are you spending on gas, food, etc.? You know, there's all kinds of other stuff on your travels. I want you to control that. I want you to write it down, and I want you to keep it consistent. There's no reason that you should spend $150 on one loop, and then the exact same time the next month when you make that same loop, you spend $300 for no real good reason other than you stopped at a different place to eat, you stopped at a different friend's house, you did this, you did that. There's no reason that number should jump like that just based on nothing. You did the, um, you thought you did the exact same things, but somehow you spent extra money, okay? One way you can do that is just control things, write it down, look at what you're spending, look at what you did, find out what works. That way you can stay consistent over time with how much money you're spending. Treat this a little more professionally, guys. Treat it more like a job, okay? Mm -hmm. Know your expenses and know what you're, you're traveling with. So here's a few ways that you can make that dollar stretch a little bit more. I've talked about some of these in the past. I'm gonna mention a few of them again. Number one, travel in a pack, especially if you're going it a long, a far way away, or you're doing a big loop, or you're doing multiple shows or something, travel with more passengers, okay? If you can get three to four people, three to four other wrestlers to share the cost of travel and food, suddenly you're saving a tremendous amount of cash. If you can get three to four you know, equal-minded individuals who are all doing these thing, same things to, to they want to save as much as possible, all those savings are going to come in even greater amount at that point. You know, that could be as simple as the things I've talked about in the past, like packing an ice chest. You know, each person riding is going to contribute something to that ice chest. You know, it could be sandwiches or burritos or whatever, drinks, snacks, all that stuff. Stop worrying about what restaurants we're going to stop at every time. At the most, this is the best way to control it at first, if you ask me. At the most, the only time you should be eating at a restaurant on the road is if maybe you're doing like a post-show celebration with some of the other guys that you haven't seen in a while. But even that might need to go away, guys, especially if you're really trying to make this a business, really trying to make money doing this, really trying to save some of your money. Because at the end of the day, it's also not about how much you make, it's about how much you save. You want some left at the end of the day. So all that stuff, even your post-show celebration, if that's a thing, keep it within reason. Because when I say this stuff, like pack your ice chest and celebrate after the show, I also want you to remember some of the other episodes we've done where I talk about treating your body like a machine and feeding yourself nutritious foods that are going to then adapt to your training and your ability as a pro wrestler. So don't just pack a box of little Debbies, guys, and share that with the car. Pack something nutritious that's going to work for everyone. And to add a little bonus yeah. to that, uh, we have an episode as well on uh, being able to travel and learn stuff from the, sure. the veterans and stuff while Absolutely. you're traveling with the group. So not only are you saving money, but you're getting that input and learning while you're right. in the car ride. That's the, that's the learning tree, guys, yeah. is in the car, typically. You look at that and... When I say travel with three to four people, I'm not saying that you got to have three to four other wrestlers in your town. They might be a couple hours, but it's a couple hours in the right direction. You pick them up on the way. Maybe you can find a nice veteran or someone that wants to travel with you. They want to save more, especially if they've been doing it for a while. Yeah. They want to save more as well. Get them in your car and let's get some knowledge going back and forth as well. Let's learn some things. And if you've listened to this podcast and you're less years in it than you are, you might have some knowledge to contribute to them as well that they would appreciate hearing. So it's it's win-win when you get guys with like-minded, you know, wanting to save, wanting to earn more, make more, and keep more in their bank account over time. It's a win-win situation, guys. So now that you're saving more, let's go ahead and make some more, all right? So how does your merch table look? We have an entire episode in the archives titled, 
why your merch table sucks. And I think it is one of our better episodes. Aaron and I break down how your table should look and what you should be selling, how you should be speaking, even where you should be standing mm-hmm. at your merch table. Okay, guys, I really love that episode. It got a lot of great feedback. Um, I've seen people in practice working on it in person. Yeah. It's a wonderful episode. Guys, go back, find it if you haven't listened to it. If you're new to this podcast, go back and find that episode, listen to it. If you haven't heard it in a while, go back and listen to it again. That's what they're there for, guys. We keep these pretty short and sweet, and I think you should go back and listen to that one. It's worth a second listen or even a third. So go back and check that one out if you want more details on exactly maybe what your merch table should look like, like presentation-wise. All right, so... Here's another thing that a lot of guys just really fall back on when it comes to merch. When guys say, you know, or when a, when a, when a veteran tells you to sell your merch or a promoter says sell your merch or whatnot, people don't seem to understand that you have so many more options than just T-shirts. Every pro wrestler seems to immediately think T-shirts when it comes to merchandise. And I understand that. T-shirts are a staple. Um, you know, that's, they're, they're, they're a great one if you can afford such a thing. Yeah. But what about other things? What about stickers? What about candy? What about pens, patches, glasses, pictures, etc.? All those are typically going to be a lot less expensive for bulk purchases than T-shirts. And it's important, you know, keep this in mind too. This goes back to like what you're feeding yourself. I don't want you to just look like a, look like a, a flea market at your table. It's important that you sell items that are relative to your character in theme, in colors. I mean, but guys, like, like um, I, I know... That like if, if if so if there's a character out there that dresses like the Grim Reaper on the way to the ring, you know maybe that's his theme. Maybe he's looking like the Grim Reaper. He's got skull skull mask or something like that. You know what you can do? I bet you you can find some bulk skull candy. You know mm-hmm. candy that looks like skeletons or something and sell that at your merch table. Okay, that is relative enough to your character. Yeah. You don't need to sell um uh tussy rolls or anything like that. Really doesn't make any sense. But get something that makes sense. Put a freaking tag on them that says um, Reaper Treats or something. I don't know. Like yeah. anything like that. Make it relevant to your character. Make it interesting. People will talk about that. People, Fans will come and look at your table and see something like that. And they'll go home afterwards and they'll be like, did you see that freaking guy that had uh, that dressed like a skeleton on the way to the ring and at his table he was selling like skull candy? That was freaking cool. If your character is a hitman, assassin, whatever, guess what they make, guys? They make candy shaped like guns and knives. I've seen it. You can just go to Google, type it in, and buy it in bulk. Sell that freaking crap at your table. Sell little stickers of guns and stuff like that if you're if that fits your character, if you're an assassin, hitman, whatever. This is just all little ideas of things that you can afford that aren't going to break your bank account buying 100 shirts. You can buy 100 stickers, and there's something you can sell right there to start making a little bit of money, get your name out there a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So selling items relative to your character Super, super important themes and colors. Don't limit yourself to just a shirt and when that's one of the most expensive investments yeah. that you could be making. So now, with all that stuff in mind, I want you to think about investing in yourself. Now, you aren't going to be making crazy amounts of money right off the bat. Supplement your lifestyle with your day job. Use the money you make in wrestling to reinvest into your wrestling character. So if you have a day job that's paying for your rent and mortgage and all that good stuff, maybe the little bit of money you make selling stickers, patches, and pins and whatnot, you're not going to sell those for, those aren't high ticket items. You're not going to be selling them for a crazy amount. But you take that, you take the money you make on those, you reinvest into your character and maybe what worked. So the stickers worked, awesome. Maybe we do more stickers. Maybe we do a better design. Um, Get quality merchandise that people actually want 
to buy. That's very important, okay? Mm-hmm. It, you don't just go buy something just because it's cheap and maybe it halfway relates to your character. If you can't see that item being something that people are interested in, then you probably don't want it, okay? And it's going to take some trial and error, but it is very important. And, and when you have saved a little bit of money doing things like stickers, patches, pins, whatnot, then you start thinking about stuff like T-shirts or, or maybe 8x10s or some kind of picture design or something, then I highly recommend, unless you are a super creative person or you know someone, use a shirt designer. Use a graphic yeah. designer of some kind. Get those people that have a skill. They exist for a reason. And pay to have something awesome made for you that you can then sell. I know that you know I am an artistic guy in the ring. I think that I have a great niche as a performer. I am not that great when it comes to like, what should my t-shirt look like? So I would just outsource it to someone that got it, that understood like needed just a few points of my character, or maybe that was a fan. And I use them, you know, and I pay them, happily pay them to create a design that is going to sell like crazy because it's quality stuff that relates to my character, you know, that that's high quality. So using a shirt designer, a graphic designer, Super, super important to get a design that people actually want to wear on their bodies, guys. Even if that's not T-shirts. That might be patches as well. That might be stickers as well. It could be anything. So just keep that in mind when it comes to the stuff that you want to actually sell. Yeah, and you can reach out to those guys. And usually if you say, hey, I need a a design that I can put on a hat, a sticker, a shirt, you know, something that's cool. And they can make something that will fit all of those things so you don't have to pay for an additional design. You can get something made for everything. And there's... They're out there, guys, that specifically working for pro wrestlers. They are out there. If I can, uh, I'll come up with some names and I might share them in the group. So join the group. And uh, I, have a, I have a Google Doc that I just keep updating with things like I, I've, I've updated it with gear designers. I've updated it with uh, supplements. We have an episode on supplements and stuff. So I keep sharing that in the group. If you're in the group, you'll get access to that Google Doc. I'll try to add some actual graphic designers, at least the ones that I know fairly locally or that I've used in the past. So I'll put those in there. Um, Aaron and I discussed this on that merch table episode, but it's time to bring it up again. What about bundles? What about stuff like that at your table? That's something that I never see, and it's a great idea that I love. So something like a bundle where a fan can get a, a shirt, a picture, a patch, and an autograph you know, for a bulk price. It's an amazing way to demonstrate more value to your customer. Give them something awesome for a solid price that makes you money, makes them happy, um, you know, give them some incentive. Tell them it comes with a free autograph or something like that. Anything that give it a little more incentive without you actually having to maybe contribute more stuff to it. Mm-hmm. That just makes it a little more valuable, and it is valuable to them. If they're already wanting to buy a bundle from you, then they're probably happy with you as a character, and they'd be they'd be amazed to get a, a personal picture or a, or a, an autograph or something. So I love the bundle idea. It's also a great way to get rid of some dog items. I mean, let's just be honest. Yep. What if you? buy 200 stickers that just aren't very good. They aren't very popular. All of a sudden you're selling a great shirt because you got a cool, you listen to my advice, you got a graphic designer for your shirt, but that sticker that you bought months ago without a graphic designer that's sitting there like a dog, well, bundle it with that shirt, okay? Throw it in there for, you know, maybe it's an extra 50 cents or a dollar or something, whatever. Get rid of those so then you can pay for an even higher quality sticker that people are actually going to want to buy. Yeah. So, just another great way to get rid of some stuff and show more value to your customer. And I think you you always have to look at merchandise this way because those yeah. stickers or the shirts they're going to wear it's advertising for yes. you. And you know you mentioned quality on here, but I've I've bought 
shirts for my gym before when right. I first started and I didn't have much money and right. I bought a low quality shirt and I gave like 200 of them out. Yeah. And there you go. You know how many people wore them? Zero. Yeah. I wouldn't <laughs> even wear the shirt because it was so uncomfortable and it was yes. a boxy shirt. It made me look bad. Yes. So no one wore it. So it was just a waste of money. Right. Um, then I, I wised up, I bought shirts and now, you know, people will wear them and it's free marketing. It's, hey, where'd you get the shirt? You know, for the, for us, for the gym, it was like, oh, hey, Absolutely. yeah, I go to that gym too or tell me about it. So keep that in mind, guys, um, as well. I, I totally agree. I think it's worth it to always go for like the soft style when it comes to t-shirts yeah. and stuff if, if that or athletic fit, whatever you want to call it, because I, I know, I'm telling you right now, um, I will not typically pay for a shirt that I just know for a fact, like, well, that looks like crap. The sleeves are baggy. It doesn't mm-hmm. fit my torso very well. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to wear that. So, like... Yeah, you do hey, the touch test, and you're like, yeah, nope. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm not going to yeah. wear that. You're like a typical, the, the base-level Gildan, like, bulk shirt. I don't like them. They don't fit me well, yeah. and I don't want to wear them. So think about that when you're, like, if you're, if you're really processing, like, should I pay the extra 50 bucks for, like, the soft-style tees? I, I would typically say yes. Now do some research because we're, you're, the company you use or the place you go may not have those verbiage of soft style or whatever. I don't know. But just do some research. Make sure it's a good fitting shirt. Yeah, well, and you and you can get those priced pretty good now. Yeah. There, there's a lot of companies making more softer sure. style shirts. So, But it's the value thing because you mentioned in here, you know, you want to de- demonstrate more value with Absolutely. that bundle. And if you have that nice quality shirt, it's perceived that it's worth more than, you know, the guy right. selling the, you know, 100% cotton rough yep. T-shirt down down at the other table. I'm telling you right now that I have sat by people at merch tables before and I've put my stuff out and I've put my prices out and I've had guys sitting around me go, well, good luck. Your shirts are $3 more expensive than mine. And I'll go, I'm not too worried about it, man. (laughs) And that's multiple reasons. I'm super confident with my ability as a performer and as a salesman at the merch table. I'm super confident in my design that I paid for with the graphic designer to get made perfectly. I'm super confident in my my you know decision to get the higher quality materials, and which is why they're a little more expensive. Mm-hmm. And I'm super confident that people will purchase a higher quality item from a performer that gave them the experience they were wanting. So yeah. never you know don't be afraid when it comes down to that. If you are confident in your abilities as a performer and whatnot. You're, you're going to be good to, if you put an actual valuable item out there for people to get. So yeah. just, just you know, don't go overboard crazy. Your shirt shouldn't be $20 more expensive than anyone else's. That's not, that's not right. But like a few more bucks, it's not going to be that big of a deal, okay? And don't try to undercut the guys around the table either. I've seen that before too mm-hmm. where guys are like, well, I'm just going to sell mine for 10 bucks when they probably paid 13 bucks for them. And you know what I mean? So yeah, that's, that- it's not about just selling more. Because you're not making any money at that point. Yeah, so, right. Your yeah. profit margins have changed. That's the mindset you're talking about earlier. Absolutely. Though. It's not just about selling more. It's not a bragging right if you didn't make more. Right. Okay. So change your mind, guys. You get in there and, and you're competing with yourself. Okay. That's what you're really worried about. All right. So another important thing about your merch table. Give them a good merch table experience. Yeah. This one drives me crazy, guys. Do not sit out there at your merch table on your phone. Put your phone away and pay attention to your fans. Bring them in with a unique experience. Have a, a designated spot at your merch table where you can interact with the fans and where transactions can be made while other fans browse your table. Um, if you have someone doing transactions for you, you got a, a friend, wife, girlfriend, whatever, doing the stuff for you at the table, then you should be in a specific spot where you can interact with the fans while your table operator takes care of the money stuff or takes pictures or whatever in a different spot. Mm-hmm. Okay? So get, don't make it like... 
don't, it's, it shouldn't be convoluted and tough to understand, and it shouldn't be muddled and uh, people running into each other. Have set places. It's just a table, guys, and keep it that way. That way they have the best experience possible. And guess what? Because here's another controversial one. Yes, heels can sell merchandise too. It can happen. I do agree that it's harder, okay? It's harder yeah. to be the bad guy and make people want to buy your merchandise. But a lot of that comes with make it a unique experience for them at the table or in the ring or wherever. Um, have a quality amount of product, okay? That's very important. If you have, if the if the bad guy has got you know better quality product than than and and he gave me a good experience, then I will go with his stuff over even the best good guy. So trust me. So if your performance is on point and you sell something that people actually want to buy, you can make the merch table interaction with the heel work. No, you should not be kissing babies and high fiving everyone. Okay, you got to keep your performance in mind, of course. You know, keep your heel persona while still getting them the service that they're asking for. And we've talked about that in the past on here as well. I used to do a, a shtick where I would, if they asked for an autograph, I would immediately tell them that it cost extra money, but then I would kind of joke with them and I'd just do it for free. You know, of course, because it didn't actually cost any extra money or stuff like that. Aaron and I even discussed the one of the local guys that I've seen that used a stamp. He had a stamp with his name and he would just stamp it. That is a cool thing to where they are getting a unique signature. Mm-hmm. And there's still, that's a jerk move to pull out a, a stamp, but it's a very unique thing. Oh, man, as a fan, I would talk about that forever. If somebody busted out a stamp and just stamped my 8x10 picture with their name, that's an amazing thing. That's a very heel thing. I love it. Yeah. So, um, you know, really it comes down to this, okay? And we kind of zoned in on one thing today talking about merch, but here it is. If you can sell merch... It's not the promoter's fault that you didn't get enough money today, okay? I can't stress this enough. Stop cutting each other's throats just because one guy got 40 and you got 20. Who cares? Go sell $300 at the merch table. And does that sound outrageous? It does if, you, if your mindset's not right. If you're not thinking about actually making money, if you've never done it before, selling $300 at the merch table might seem difficult. But that was usually my goal. Make about 300 at the merch table. And if I do that... Two shows on a weekend, and I've made $600 that weekend. Yeah. That's pretty great, especially if I didn't spend a bunch of money to get to a show. So sell 300 at the merch table. That's that's a number. That's one number. Maybe your number's four or 500. You live in a different area that spends more money. Maybe you live in an area that spends less money, and your idea is 150 to $200. I don't know. But start thinking about stuff like that. Look at how much you spent to get to that show, and now think about how much you need to make so that you're not just... You know, number one, you're not in the red. You don't want to be in the red. And number two, you're not just breaking even. I don't yeah. want. I don't like the break even mentality. You want to make some money. Get into the green, okay? Surplus, and start increasing that every single week if possible, over and over again until all of a sudden you're making some money. So, I know it's not you know as easy as me just saying that, but you know it's like becoming a pro wrestler in the first place. You understand that learning how to take your first back bump. Or take your first flip bump or roll, you know, your one-arm rolls, your front roll, how hard that stuff is when you first start doing it. Running the ropes for the first time, jumping off the turnbuckle, or even just standing on the turnbuckle for the first time. That stuff is hard, and you understand it's hard, and you take your time to to figure it out. You're super happy, and you're high-fiving when all of a sudden you do your first moonsault. That's great. Well, crap, guys, apply that to making money. Okay, realize that it doesn't just take time and effort to learn how to bump and run the ropes. It takes time and effort to learn how to sell merchandise and to learn how to get the appropriate amount of pay that you need 
from the promotion in general to where all of a sudden you're in the green. You have to learn how to succeed inside and outside the ring, applying that hard work, effort, and ethic to your finances and your performance. Okay, so guys, I want you to make money. It's very important to me that you can live and thrive doing the thing that you love the most in the world, yes. which is pro wrestling. And that's what we're here for you, for you guys to talk about. So I hope you enjoyed everything we talked about today. I hope you joined that group, and I hope you discussed some of this stuff. I would love to talk about any of this with any of you, okay? Yeah, get on that, get on that Facebook group. Please do. A- ask me questions about any of this stuff. Ask Aaron questions. We will get back to you. We will talk to you. Um, I-, I-, I love talking about this stuff. Like I said at the very opening of this podcast, it is as crucial, you know, or as big of a, a problem or maybe a mystery. I don't know what you want to call it. Guys have such trouble finding quality pro wrestling training and they're searching. That's what me and Aaron are kind of here to help you do is find a really quality controlled style of knowledge and performance. Um, it's also just as hard. People don't maybe not even realize it at first, the mystery of learn, earning money yeah. as a pro wrestler. So I don't want it to be a mystery. I want you guys to just understand it takes a lot of hard work. I mean, that's, that's really what it boils down to. You work hard, you earn more, but stop just thinking it, it is the way it is, okay? So many guys I run into think, oh, it is the way it is. You know, he only, he only pays 40 bucks. I asked for 100 but what am I supposed to do? Not wrestle? Guys, stop thinking that's your only source of income when it comes to that. Start working harder, traveling better, and selling some merch. You're yeah. a business. It's a business mindset. Absolutely. I mean, your performer is the business. That's it, guys. <laughs> Well, thank you so much. I want you to head on over to YouTube, please. Join our YouTube page. All you got to do is click that like, click a bell, subscription on there. We post all kinds of cool stuff from these podcasts to tips and tricks and whatnot on the YouTube. So head on over to there and find How to Become a Pro Wrestler on YouTube. Guys, thank you so much for listening to How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast, where we teach you the skills you need to go from your living room to the main event. And don't wait for your opportunity, guys. Take it.